Hello everyone and welcome to I Am Not Okay With Day. I am your host, Day. And if it's not already visible through my voice, visible through my voice, (laughs) that doesn't make sense. If you're not watching the, if it's not obvious, let's just say that. If it's not obvious in my voice right now, it is obvious in the way that I look right now, if you're watching the video. Um, yeah, <laughs> like a hot mess. I am wearing my blanket sweater because A, it's cold and B, I just didn't have effort today to care about my physical appearance. So I am not okay, <laughs> which if you listen to my last episode of the podcast, you know, I have not been okay, which is okay. Um, But today is an especially um, difficult day thus far for many reasons, and it all will tie into what we're going to talk about today. So let's just, I guess, like get right into it. Um, Yeah, so what has me feeling some type of way? Uh, Today is the anniversary of my wedding and I mean obviously I'm not married anymore so that makes today pretty pretty hard day you know it's been interesting because I remember the first year when the anniversary came I was sad but I don't think I fully again like let myself I was down I I was but I was defensive also. I didn't want to be sad. I didn't want people to look at me like, oh, here's this sad poor girl that's divorced. And today is the anniversary. She must be so depressed. People were checking on me. And, you know, I hated feeling pitied. Um, And I don't think that's what was actually happening. But that's how I was feeling. I felt so pathetic, so embarrassed, just terrible. You know, the second year... I honestly cannot even remember. (laughs) Um, Last year, I would say, was the first year I felt okay about it. I feel like the second year was hard, too. I, if I'm, like, after the divorce. Last year, well, okay, maybe that doesn't make sense, y'all. Okay, so my divorce happened... Well, everything started in August, everything finalized in October, anniversary in December. So that first year is the first year I'm talking about, like, right after everything happened. Then the next year, which was like the first official one year, I guess, is when it was still pretty down, you know, but I... I think I was working at that time, so I just, like, busied myself with stuff. Last year was okay. I was very happy with every other things going on in my life, so I think it really was not as challenging. And this year, I think a lot of things are just extra challenging. I think because I'm, you know, working through some stuff with the marriage everything feels a lot more intense. I'm perhaps feeling a lot of the things I might have 
felt maybe before if I was more uh, emotionally aware. And so, yeah, today, what do I feel, y'all? I feel sad, but honestly, not for obvious reasons. Like, not for the reason that you would think, I guess, is what I mean. I think... I feel very sad about how everything played out. Um, But I think in the grander scheme of things, I feel a lot of grief, you know, for a lot of different things. And yeah, it's just kind of a sad day. And, you know, similarly to death, when people die, you know, your support system are obviously very aware of, you know, kind of like that first year, you know, first birthdays and anniversaries and stuff like that without the person. But, and people check in with you, but after a while, you know, they move on with their lives and you're still kind of left with everything. And I think I'm dealing with some of that as well where, yeah, I mean, no one really, everyone is, I mean, no one is experiencing what I'm experiencing in my personal life. So they're not thinking about, you know, this, which I'm not blaming them for. It's just, it just is what it is. Um, But I guess there is a level of like, um, loneliness maybe, or, uh, isolation in knowing that I am the one that's dealing with it and the only one that like really has to deal with it, you know, like I don't have the luxury of forgetting what this day is. And I mean, doesn't mean this day has to be terrible every time. No, but it's just a lot. So, yeah, that's how I'm feeling today. I don't even know if that makes sense. And that's okay. I'm letting myself. I'm also getting to a place where I'm embracing my feelings. I'm not judging them. And so whatever it is I feel today is what I feel today. That is okay. This is um, really along the lines of what we're going to talk about today, which is grieving after divorce. And I'm going to just add in there after divorce slash after the end of a relationship because something I've been realizing a lot more too is the fact that there are certain labels to things that tend to validate the emotions that come with it. And so when things don't have a label, sometimes it can feel harder to validate sometimes it feels like you don't have the right to feel that way sometimes it feels like well it wasn't like an official relationship or it wasn't a marriage or it wasn't this so therefore like I don't have the right to feel sad or grieve over this thing and I'm here to debunk that um if you've experienced a loss of relationship of any kind, really, that could be friendship even. It doesn't have to just be a romantic relationship, but a loss of any kind 
through death. But in this case, today I'm talking specifically about through the ending of a relationship with somebody who is still alive, is still technically around. This is for you. So I was talking to my therapist this week actually about the fact that grieving a person who is still alive, there's something about it. There's something about someone still being around that makes it really difficult. And I'm not going to say more difficult than if they died or not, because I don't, that uh, that feels like too, um, too strong of a statement. And I just don't even know if that's even true. Like, I'm not here to compare levels of pain. No. However, in my personal experience, grieving people who are still around is very challenging. And I've just learned a couple things in this whole grieving process that I felt like I just wanted to talk about and share with y'all. So I've talked about grief before on the podcast and um, so that's not necessarily new, but I haven't really spoken a lot about grief around divorce specifically. And I am in a place in my life right now where I feel like I'm doing so much grieving. I feel like there's so much grief and like everything else, I feel like I need to talk about that. So what is this? What is grief? Let's just start there. How about that? What even is grief? When I was looking it up, I found a definition that I really liked and it basically said it is a feeling of pain, acute pain that is accompanied by a loss, usually a loss of somebody who has died, but could be a loss of any kind. And I think that's important to kind of set the stage here because, yeah, that pain, those feelings, going back to the labels, like whether it was a divorce or a breakup, that pe- that feeling of pain, that feeling of like something missing, you know, you feel like you have lost a body part, like that level of hurt can be so intense it is it is one of the hardest things that a person can deal with and the worst part about it is this is something that's going to happen like we're going to end relationships in life we're going to have breakups whether that's with friends romantic partners people are going to die these are things that are so normalized in life and yet the pain that is associated with it I feel is not talked about enough is maybe not even normalized enough I feel like is sometimes dismissed and invalidated unless it is like divorce you know something big And I'm just here to just first validate you if you have been a part of a breakup 
of any kind and you are struggling with that, that is totally normal. That is okay. I am there with you. It is difficult. It is so difficult. And I just want to validate you um, if that's something you're going through because it's hard. Um, And I think the grief process with divorce or a breakup is very different than if somebody died, if they're still around. Um, There are certain things I think that are similar, kind of like I said earlier, you know, where you like people check in at first and then they forget about it and you're still left with picking up the pieces and like working through the stuff. That's one thing I think is very similar. But there's also the element of um, well, I mean, I think this can work both ways. There is a loss of so many other things attached to a breakup. In my case, with my experience, I lost many things along with the marriage. You know, I lost like the obvious, you know, my house. A two-income household. Chat, can we talk about it? Can we talk about a two-income household, okay? If you're single and you're living by yourself, you know what I'm talking about, okay? The financial struggle is so real. You know, I lost a house. Lost family. You know? Lost obviously a spouse. (laughs) I lost partnership, which I'm putting in quotation marks for very specific reasons because, dude, I have an actual partnership in my marriage. I don't think I did. I lost the life I thought I was going to have, the idea of the life. I lost the life I was going to have, the idea of it, you know, the future I thought I was going to have, lost all of that. I lost myself, though. And I think that's been the biggest thing. My confidence, my sense of self and worth. And that has been, I would say, the greatest thing that has affected me the most. And so as I'm going through this process, I feel like I'm just grieving constantly myself, like who I am even. Um, And I'm trying to now figure out like who I am. And it's not even just like without this person, because I'm going to be honest, y'all, I think I've said this already, but. I am happy that I'm no longer with this person. (laughs) I don't want to be with this person anymore. I can recognize today that that person became somebody that no longer aligned with me and my values and also was someone that hurt me a lot and I was not healthy in that relationship and so I recognize that and so in that way like 
let's not get the grief that I'm experiencing to mean that like I want this person again or anything like just no and I think that is also something that people need to recognize too because when you end a relationship first of all even if the person was trash right you still loved that person you still cared about that person and so them not being in your life anymore is hard period um and it's okay to miss that person it's okay to still have like fond memories with the person or feel a sense of sadness when you think about that person you know and I definitely had those feelings I would say in the beginning but even if you have it like later on I think that's okay too that is a-okay and normal and don't beat yourself up about it if that's where you're at but for me personally that's not where I'm at um like I said, I think for me, the thing, the saddest part about this whole thing is how my self-esteem has been affected. My view of self has been affected. And so, yeah, it's been just very difficult to move on in life because what I, I didn't realize it. But what I've been realizing as time goes on is how much the end of that relationship affected myself and how like that is present in every aspect of my life and like work you know um friendships family relationships you know church spirituality my sense of self has been or my self-esteem, I guess, has been so low um, that it affects how I show up in different places. And that's been really difficult to face. I've done so much pretending, you know, for different reasons. And it's been hard. Um, but anyway, so I think my personal process with grief has been almost like an onion do where first you have okay I don't have this person anymore this person doesn't love me they don't want to be with me peel that back work through that and then I went through being angry about where my life was because this person of this person in my case, I first of all, I first of all followed this person to places I didn't really want to be, you know, because he was my husband. So obviously, I'm going to go where he is, um, and I definitely resented. I think I had resentment that was buried because I knew I had to do it. But after the divorce happened, all of that resentment came came right back up and I was especially as I struggled financially professionally I would blame him for the fact that this is where my life has ended up so there is that like anger then there was okay you know what this has ended this is what's best for me let's move forward um but then there's the shame, 
the shame of not being the person who has it all together anymore. Not meeting up to my own personal expectations, feeling like a failure. And then there's the difficulty with trusting men. Ciao, when I tell you, y'all probably heard it if you were along the ride with me, I had a lot of anger toward all men, okay? I was that girl, I was bitter. I was like, I don't even want to hear another man breathe because literally I can't. Oh my gosh. And really all of that bitterness, all of that um, men hatred is, is, is just a cover for the pain that this man, one man has caused me, you know, and it was something I felt like I had to do to protect myself because this is what happens. Like you get hurt and you get, you're like, I cannot do this again. I cannot get hurt in this way again. So this is what I need to do to protect myself. And what I did was I said, all men, no, don't even come near me. Don't even breathe around me. Don't, do not tell me, don't tell me I look good. Like don't compliment, just, just stay away from me. You know, I very much put up a wall and I, um, I was just, I wasn't here for men. And then, you know, I got to a place where I was like, okay, all right, men, they're not so bad. All of them ain't that bad. One of them was not the best, but I'm sure there's some good ones out there. Um, and I even got to a point where I was like open to something again. But what happened after that is the reality of how the pain that one man has caused has affected the level of trust that you can have with another man, the openness that you can have, the vulnerability, everything. On top of that, again, coming back to how I see myself and is somebody else gonna love me and want me and am I gonna be rejected and abandoned by someone else because this is what happened with this person and so there's just so much so many different mental things that happen after the divorce after the end of a relationship for me and I think this is very common and um it again like there's something about breakups that seems so um like dismissed as something that's small but it really does something to our brain and what I realized also recently is that the marriage and things that happened in my marriage very much traumatized me I'm going to say I, I experienced some trauma in the marriage. So there's, so what I also can grieve now is my past self. When I look back at myself in the marriage, I just feel such a sense of sadness because of how I was treated and because of things that, you know, I'm going to say my judgmental self was looking at my past self like... How could I let that happen? And that is very common too. I know a lot of people 
question themselves and, you know, why did I not stand up for myself or like, why did I allow certain things to go on? And I definitely had a lot of questions like that to myself too. And I had to get to a place through a lot of therapy where I stopped blaming my past self and I recognized that, you know, my past self was trying to survive. That's all she was doing. But when I look back at that, that makes me really sad too. And I still to this day grieve that person, my past self. And I think that's something that a lot of us go through through the grieving process too in relationships, especially after we get to a place where we now know, like today me, Chow, she was not going to be putting up with some stuff from past, like that past me put up with, okay? Like, (laughs) and this is something that I had to recognize that my today self knows more I'm honestly a lot more strong, a lot stronger in my self, even though it doesn't feel that way sometimes. I know what is okay and what is not okay. And I know at the bottom of my heart, I don't deserve certain things to happen. And I also know that I also have the emotional capacity to go certain places today that I just could not do years ago and so I'm having compassion of my over my past self for my past self because she was a sad little baby that couldn't even face certain truths because of what that would mean for her and I want to just go back and give her a hug and tell her it's okay even as I talk about it now I just feel like crying because she was such a sad person you know, and I brought tissues, guys, because I I came prepared today. <laughs> I feel very sad for my past self because I thought the only thing I could do was pretend to be okay. And I thought if I just keep on, like, things could get better, and they just never did. And I couldn't even admit to myself certain things, so I wasn't able to ask for help and ask for support. And so I did a lot of those things alone. I went through many things alone. And I feel very sad about that. Um... So that's something I think about you know, something I grieve. And I think that's very normal, you know, to think about what you wish your past self could have done. I think I wish I could have changed. If I just did X, then things would have been different. Um... And I grieve who I could have been. And so, yeah. Uh, Sorry, y'all. It's... 
hard. I mean, I don't keep saying that. I cannot find another word for hard, y'all. So, these are just some of the things that I feel very, that I struggle with in times of, especially in days like this, when I'm reminded of certain things, when, when I'm triggered by certain things that bring me back to a very sad place. Yeah. And, you know, something I realized today is like my ex leaving me made me feel like no one could love me, you know, felt very, a lot of shame. And I felt like who gonna want me anymore? I think I've said that before. I really felt that I was damaged goods. I think that's also what breakups can do to you. On top of just like things that happen in relationships, like when you realize that certain things have happened, and in my case, when I was blaming myself for letting certain things happen, you tend to internalize that as a character flaw. I remember I was just recently telling my parents about just how I'm, I've been struggling. And my dad was like, I hope you're not blaming yourself for what happened. And the truth is I was for many years. And sometimes I still get into that headspace where I'm like, yeah, of course he left me, you know. Of course I'm alone because... Who would want this? and Who could deal with this? And I think I would be also very ashamed to say these things out loud because that is not the person that I've presented myself to be. Like I said, everybody has always looked at me as the most confident person and somebody who's very sure of herself, but... The truth of the matter is my ex made me question my worth. I have a lot of fears of abandonment because I felt that he left me in a very vulnerable place. I am... I question myself sometimes and my intuition and things that... Things that I normally would never question, I, I question today. Um, I feel imposter syndrome regularly at my job. And a lot of this is because of things that have happened in my marriage. And I'm not going to like sit here and blame my ex for all of those things because I don't think they all started with him. I think he perpetuated some of those things. Um, but I also know that it wasn't all him. However, he did play a big role in that. Um, and yeah, I think that's being able to see myself as not broken, as not damaged, as not, you know, 
as someone that is valuable as I am, regardless of whatever struggles I have, it's been hard. And I'm getting to a place where I'm embracing myself more and I'm not looking at myself as so flawed and as damaged. However, you know, it's one of those things, like, I think this is what trauma does. Like, these are the messages that my brain tells me based on certain situations. And so it's kind of the default. So when something happens, I automatically go to that place and I have to really work hard at challenging myself and saying, nope, that's not true. That's, this is the, this is what is true. And like really even breaking down, okay, here's what we actually know. Kind of like that evidence. What is the evidence to support this? And y'all, the brain work, the brain work, it is exhausting. It is a lot. So yeah, that's been my experience. Um, And I'm still obviously going through it. And something that I think has complicated things even more is the fact that I opened up myself again in that way. And it did not work out in the way that I hoped it would and so there are again those like messages that come up in your brain that like of course it didn't work out because of this because this is this and and I have been having a hard time with challenging those thoughts because some of it so much of it feels true and I don't have It feels like a lot of evidence to say or reassurance to be like, no, like that's not what's true. And so it's just a lot, (laughs) y'all. And so there is also grief there, like hope. I was listening to a podcast that was talking about the difficulty in having hope, like the vulnerability with hope. Hope is is, is um, advertised as something that is shiny and optimistic and happy. I see hope, like the way I used to think of hope is the sun peeking through the clouds where, and it's about to come all the way out. But hope can be really painful. Because there is a vulnerability in having hope that things will be better. And when it, it, it's not, it, is, it hurts. And you, th- you can think that, let me just not have hope anymore because chow, <laughs> I did before and it failed me. It is hard. It is really, really hard. And I, I started to have some hope and I started to lose that hope. And again, that's what, that's what ending relationships do. Like the hope you have after a certain time too of going through certain things, you're just like, 
guess it ain't gonna happen for me at this point, you know? Um, it's tough. Um, but I still have a, a sliver of hope. It is very, very small at this point. I don't want to give it up, though, because I know I need it. Like, I don't think I can actually function without it. Um, but yeah, that happened too. And that made it really hard. And, you know, right now I'm in a place where I'm still very sad about many things. I'm sad about how I feel about myself right now, even. And the fact that I've for so long used the validation of others, not even just my romantic partner, but also my romantic partner to feel good about myself and losing all of that made me feel terrible about myself and today I'm in a place where <coughs> sorry I'm still struggling to feel good about who I am you know without someone and I think that's also part of the the process here like how can you <coughs> sorry when there's so much emphasis especially on relationships it feels like that is like the golden stand that is the thing you need to work toward you know we talked about that in my singleness episode and I think I bought into that too you know and I had hope you know I experienced feeling good about myself through a person and it was beautiful. It was amazing. But it also, again, was not. I lost that person. So and then I lost all that hope. And I lost that good feeling about myself. I don't want to be that. That's not the person I want to be. I feel sad about that. The fact that that's where I'm at. And I definitely had some judgment toward myself. Like, I don't want to be that girl that needs a man to feel good. You know, like, I definitely had a lot of judgment toward myself about that. But, um, what I'm also doing is acknowledging, you know what, yeah, this is how you feel right now. This is, and because you feel this way because this is what has happened thus far, that's okay. Um, and you can work toward feeling good about yourself on your own without another person validating you, without any person validating you, like you're working on that, you're going in that direction. And it's okay if you're not all the way there yet. This is what I have to tell myself. And this is what I'm telling y'all. If you are a person who is also struggling with feeling good about yourself in your singleness, I get it. I'm here with you. And also, that doesn't have to be your forever place. You don't have to stay there. I am not going to stay there. Um, and I'm actively working to getting to another place where I feel 1000% content with myself regard and accepting, accepting of myself completely radically as I am. Which I guess this leads into what God has taught me. You know, I was reading recently the story of Leah in the Bible. It's such a heartbreaking story to me. And honestly, 
I was reading it and crying because it hit me. Leah, if you guys don't know the story, Leah um, is a sister of Rachel. She was the wife of Jacob. Jacob really loved Rachel and not Leah. Um, And Jacob was deceived to marry Leah. And when he found out, he was very disappointed because he didn't love her or care about her. But she eventually did become his wife. And, um, you know, God saw that she desperately wanted him to love her, Jacob to love her. And so he gave her children. You know, he allowed her to conceive while Rachel eventually became the wife of Jacob also. You know, this is the Bible times back in those days. And Jacob continued to not care and every ch- every time Rachel uh, Leah had a child she would say okay maybe now Jacob's gonna love me okay finally if only you know and he never did and the reality is Jacob never loved Leah the way that she wanted him to I mean I don't think he ever loved her period but he never loved her even worse in the way that she wanted to and I would say the way that she deserved to be loved and I don't know that we don't know much about her I mean I know that like even after she had like her fifth child she was still trying to get him to love her but there comes a point where she was like you know what I'm done with this I'm gonna praise the Lord instead and so she refocuses on God instead of on Jacob And I really related to Leah in the sense that I desperately wanted someone to love me as well. And I thought, oh, I can just, if I just do this, maybe I'll get the love that I deserve. And it never happened. It never happened for me. And it hurt a lot. And some days too, I still feel very robbed. Okay. I still feel so much pain about that. But um, I've chosen to refocus and I'm not, I'm going to be real with you guys. Like I've refocused on my relationship with the Lord and also on my relationship with myself and like healing and less on this person. But that doesn't mean the pain goes away. You know, as much as I'm doing my self work and everything, that don't mean that I'm better. Like, I'm still hurting a lot, but there is beauty in shifting your focus. And, you know, God eventually does give something to Leah that lasts longer than Jacob does, you know, the love of a man. And that's the love of children in her instance. And, you know, God, what I realize is like God saw Leah, he saw her. He knew how she felt. He didn't want her to feel that way either. I think he he wanted her to feel good about herself. And something I'm learning is shifting my worth from being attached to a person to being attached to the Lord. And this is something that makes me cry every time, like reading about how much God cares about us about me and how much he's working to make sure that I am taken care of it's something I don't see all the time and I get 
tunnel vision when things are not working out like lord why is this not happening don't you care about me but the truth is just like how god cared about leah and he did what he did for her she was finally able to praise him god is working for me too i can't see it i don't know what it is I still feel very sad sometimes. I still have that pain. But I have that hope in God that he wants what's best for me. He loves me more than any man could ever love me. And he is capable of doing so much more than any man can do for me. And therefore, I'm trusting in his will I do not know what it is but I'm trusting that it's better than my will and I'm holding on to just the love that he has for me that's really been getting me through so I hope that you can do the same remember that God loves you he sees you as fearfully and wonderfully made because he made you like he made me he did not make any mistakes he sure didn't because God all made mistakes and so just embrace that and I'm telling y'all this as much as I'm telling this to myself so yeah that is it for me for today y'all I mean pretty raw you know I'm out here like I said in the first episode of season five I am coming at y'all in my most authentic state ever and I'm gonna be on on apologetic about it because this is where I'm at I don't want to judge myself and I mean y'all can judge me that's fine oh well but this is where we're at so Until next time, y'all. Bye.